0: where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, zip up your leather pants, slap on the clown paint, and don't forget to eat something light as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis.
1: This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, Mark Matzke. How's it going? Hey. What's up? <laughs> it's going great. Good. Um, we've been together Still for a little while. It's starting to get
2: hot. Living that, yeah, it is <laughs> starting to get hot. starting to get hot in the in the office. Um, Still you, living that Adirondack life, though, mentally. I wish. Yeah,
1: mentally. Um. Are you going to go in all seriousness? Are you going to go back up there? Do you think?
2: Oh yeah. At some point. Definitely. I know. Uh, Just like, you know, when we drove in through Keene Valley, for example, and all those pull-offs and parking lots, I was like, you could do, you could just do that for four days. Hit all those trails and stuff. It's yeah. We're definitely going back. We did
1: one trail. Yeah.
2: Really. really, That's all we did was one trail. So, um, I'd love to stay up there in the high peaks and then bop over to Lake Champlain because yeah. I haven't spent much time around that either. So I'm hoping
1: there's an opportunity for me to do another On the Trail of or something up there because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much to do and I like to have a camera in my hand when I'm doing it. So, mm-hmm. um, Okay, so this is part two of our On the Trail of Bigfoot, the journey recap. Uh, we've just returned from basically like five full days in the Adirondacks slash upstate New York slash... Western Massachusetts. Um, I think what we're going to do is talk through day by day of our trip. Some of our favorite memories of, of the, the trip. I'm going to skip over the drive. Yeah. (laughs) To the Adirondacks. Um, our first day consisted of meeting Alex and his brother, Luca. Um, and, and initially we could not figure out a good place to meet Alex and I, cause Alex isn't familiar with the area. And honestly, I've been there four times, but I, the only thing I knew was Wells and speculator mm-hmm. and then Whitehall. And so I said, well, there's a place called Spe- speculator. Let me look on a map. Cause I knew that was kind of central. And I was like, let me look on a map and see if I can find something in that area that might be good for us to film. And I found a, uh, a little blog post actually about a cave, Kumanjak cave or there's also a bay Kumanjak Bay. So I think there's a lake maybe, but um, there's this cave um, and I looked at it and I was like, you know, like that would be a great place to start actually, because it's, I feel like the first thing we're seeing is this sort of like ground level look at the habitat, like look at the area. And, and we're not on some crazy high peak or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not up a mountain We're we're starting pretty small. And, um, you know, to get there, we had to go back this like 15 minute road, like dirt road, sort of back into the middle of nowhere, despite the fact that we were really close to a fairly large town for the Adirondacks. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the first thing we really see is this cave, And I was pumped immediately. Like I was super psyched about it. And we shot, so we shot this scene where like the four of us, you, um, myself, Alexander and Adam talked about the area, like our first read on what we were seeing around Mm -hmm. us, you know? And, um, and I thought that also looked really good when I, especially now that I've reviewed the footage. Um, how did you feel like on that first day, like your first sort of experience with the
2: Adirondacks? Oh, that was Super exciting, and the fact that that the cave that we went to, you know, you told me I think that there's some minor mystery mm-hmm. involved with that, if like, it's man-made, like it's man-made or yeah. not, and if there's more of them. I mean, just that whole thing is like, hey, we're finally out, you know, we're we're doing it. It's it's happening right now. So that was really fun, and we were able to make a few observations right out of the gate. I thought, um, in terms of the the density, the foliage how remote things are from one another just by driving in. So it was a really cool start to it. Um, then there was the weather, yeah. which played sort of a minor role the through, whole week. Through the whole week, yeah.
1: You could hear the thunder in the distance kind of coming cl- toward us. We were, what, maybe a quarter mile back the trail to, mm-hmm. to get to the cave? Yeah. So we yeah we knew we we knew we were going to get rained on so we were kind of trying to get through it one thing about this though that really stands out to me especially because most of the crew you've been on on the trail of shoots but Mm -hmm. i don't know that you'd been on one maybe of this size where we because this is more comparable to what we did with like ufos right bigfoot was usually just me with a camera you Mm -hmm. know like you and andy a couple times but um but UFOs was a little larger in terms of the crew. Right. The thing that stands out to me anytime we do this is you spend the, the entire day sort of builds up to it. And then it just happens. Like you're not going to, we don't do setups. We don't run through what we're doing. I literally sat right. the camera down, hit record and was told Andy where to stand. And said, mm-hmm. we're going like, this is let's talk about right. where we are. Yeah. And you kind of just have to go with it. Exactly. Yeah. And this is my, <laughs> this is a weird Tangent to go off okay. on, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, and this is my issue with a lot of the overly rehearsed, quote unquote, reality ghost hunting, Bigfoot, paranormal shows. Is it's clearly rehearsed, like it's clearly a very staged setup event. Mm-hmm. And I find this much more honest and raw and natural when you're doing it this way because everyone's just kind of like talking. We're just talking. Yes, you're just figuring it out as we're we're going and we're not planning out the conversation. We're just literally having a conversation and recording it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like video podcasting. I started thinking that especially the, the last night when we did the final monologue or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, where we sat around the hotel table, I told Alex, cause Alex is like anything you want. I said, let's just do it. Like it's a podcast. Let's just have a conversation and let it come natural mm-hmm. and we'll record it. And I can edit it, you know, like right. video wise. Sure, And, um, yeah so that stood out to me right away was like we really there's no you spend months prepping but there's no prep like once you're there <laughs> yeah it's just going you're just going
2: to get yeah. what you get it's more dictated by the experience mm-hmm. than anything else yeah i know and i don't even think about it you know, just you just go I, yeah i mean I, I you point the camera and say talk about this and i just do mm-hmm. <laughs> That's you know, yeah. that's kind of the stage that the whole production is at. Well, we did, nobody feels weird being on camera. I don't yeah, think.
1: I don't think so either. We did one at A Bear Road, mm-hmm. and after the fact, I was like, "Oh man, it's crazy because it's almost like the opening of the first one, but this time
2: we're at A Bear Road." Yeah. You know, like again, it's that full circle thing. I'd be interested to watch that footage because I think I was a little bit shell shocked to, to be to be, out be at A Bear. Yeah, yeah. So I was probably. A little bit stumbly in what I was saying, but just because it was that sensation of this place that you read about and you've heard about, and you're finally there. There, I don't know. It, it's hard to describe the the sort of the mental buildup to that. It's like a finally here, and I can see the way everything relates to each other. You know, the rise of the the field and how the woods cuts into that, mm-hmm. and it's just like um, here it is. This is where it happened. What else did we do Monday? We
1: I know we went to eat at one point. We, yep, we, we, we kind of
2: milled around Lake George for yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. and then ultimately Met hooked up, up with Steve Calls. Steve Calls, drove up to Buck Mountain, which is,
1: I mean, it sits on Lake George. We were able to drive down the road the next night or the next morning and see where Lake George runs up to the side of Buck Mountain. So um but Buck Mountain is apparently a place where Steve's had two two sightings of his own. Uh, multiple members of his team have encountered things in the woods there. Um, we set up our base camp there, um, and we did a night ops, which basically in, it, it consisted of walking down a, a gravel road, um, sort of spread out with some guys with flurs. Um and just kind of scanning the the woods that we, we thought we might attract something that might parallel us. Apparently they've had some activity up there where, where stuff paralleled them mm-hmm. as they were walking the road. Um, we went to bed that night in the tents and I woke up, we went to bed around 2 AM and I woke up at around three thirty, four o'clock in the morning to the sound of just driving rain yeah. on the roof of our tent. And, um, I could tell there was no rain coming in the tent, like we were good, but I reached down just to feel my, my cameras, make sure my cameras are okay. And the handy cam was covered in condensation. Mm. I'm not sure if it was just cause it was so cold. It really was cold. Like I was yeah. shivering when I woke up. So yeah. I woke Adam up and him and I packed up all the electrical gear and anything, you know, that we could like the, the lights and the lighting and all that, and had to lug it out of the woods, which was, you know, maybe 300, 400 yards from the parking lot, but it was on a pretty rough trail, lug it all back up to the car, threw it in the car. And then him and I ended up just sleeping in the van or the, the suburban. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep in the, in the driver's seat and woke up at like seven thirty in the morning. And, um, and it was, that was like our first night in the Adirondacks. Right. And, um, what was your experience?
2: Like, you seemed to just zonk out that night, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't have any trouble getting to sleep. Yeah, um, slept through the storm. I woke up once and heard it raining, yeah. yeah. But that was about it. Mm. And, I mean, there was this interesting sensation of it being very, like, extremely quiet. Oh, yeah. In the campsite. Yes. The whole night. The whole night. And, and even more the next night. yeah. And I think I, you know, I don't know what to attribute that to exactly. Uh, It had rained uh, off and on all day and it obviously rained overnight. But the next night it didn't. Right. So you just wonder, you know, does that have an effect on dampening sound or Mm. was there something else going on? We heard barred owls and stuff, which I always love uh, to hear. Uh, owl calls and stuff out there, and we saw a giant Luna moth flying around. Oh yeah, the campfire. That was crazy. Yeah, uh, Mothman tracked us down, and <laughs> just letting us know. Yeah.
1: Um, Tuesday is Whitehall Day, so we like spent most of the day in and around Whitehall. You've you've apparently got an itinerary.
2: Yeah, well, I, I wrote down everything. Cause did you I really? I, yeah, I I knew I would never remember. Oh, that's right. You told told me you did. Yeah. So
1: what do you got for Tuesday?
2: Well, let's see. Yeah, we got into Whitehall. We got a ton of B roll mm-hmm. with the statues and yeah. everything. We ate at the Big Apple Diner. Yes. Where there was Beast of Whitehall newspaper clippings yes. on the wall, yep. which was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was cool. And then um from there we went down by the canal and got a number of interviews.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shot interviews with Emily Fleur, um who else? Uh, The witness, witness uh, John, I believe is the name he wanted us to use. Paul brought in. Yeah. And then uh, we started shooting Paul's interview there, but there was a storm rolling in and the wind coming off the canal was playing havoc with the microphone. Um, And Paul suggested going back to his house and I've been in his house twice. So I was aware that I was going to want to film there anyway. So I said, that'd be perfect. So we went back to Paul's house and we shot his interview in his living room. And then we spent some time geeking out in his library, which when I say geeking out, like um, I would say Alex and, and Mark looked like children that had wandered into a toy store. At
2: one point I was with a hundred dollar gift. Yeah. <laughs> At one point I was intentionally telling myself, close your mouth. Mm-hmm. Cause I was worried that I'd show up on camera, like just with my mouth it's, hanging open, you, like you, uh, you botched it. It's in there. And there's, I have this one shot just on my phone uh, where Alex is in the doorway and he's looking up at the books and he look he looks like it's Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. It really does. And you know, with good reason, I mean, he, Paul reaches into this filing cabinet and brings out like this first generation champ t-shirt oh, yeah. and these 1980 champ, Search hats. First, edi- first edition of stuff. Monsters
1: of the Northwoods yes. that I didn't even know was a thing. I thought yeah. I
2: had a first edition. It's like an eight and a half by That's eleven a big size. One, yeah. It's a big. um <laughs> we were subtly trying to find out what it would take. Oh, I straight to up asked with, him. Did you? <laughs> I
1: straight up asked him. I was like, "What would I have to pay you to take this off your hand?" And he just
2: sort of. He said, just kind of ignored it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um No, I. Uh, i've been in there a couple times it's in beast of Whitehall for a moment um but you know beast of Whitehall changed dramatically it's funny because what we just shot is probably pretty close to what i originally envisioned beast of Whitehall being which was very much like that investigative style that on the trail is sort of known for now it's interesting to wonder what the movies would be like if i'd pushed forward with that style for that mm. for that film yeah um if the movies would have just taken on that Style going going forward from there, but um, yeah, there it's always one of my favorite places to shoot. And he brought out the cast I love yeah. with the stick through it. Oh, still. right. Um, I think that's a Dan Gordon cast, I think that
2: cast has something to do with Dan Gordon. Mm.
1: So, and so he's yeah. a
2: serious book collection, too, mm, massive and first editions aplenty i mean and, and his just, files
1: his files too like he's yes. got his own personal files in there with citing reports and mm-hmm. stuff he's looked into
2: um and a wide range of topics as well i don't want anybody yeah. to think that it's just like these are all bigfoot books, right. but and that was that was spectrum.
1: fairly early in the day still i feel like we wrapped mm-hmm. up with him around like one or two and we drove back to like george mostly because yeah. i had a vicious migraine if i'm you, you would know better. Is that, is, that what's, is that what's in your itinerary here? Yeah. Yeah,
2: and we got um, later, after that, we after went that. to Skeen Manor. Yeah, we, so we we
1: went back to Lake George for a minute. I crashed, and then we came back, and we went up to Skeen Manor, shot uh, a couple shots of the town, although I was more just taking you guys there to show you what it looked like up there because yeah. I, I had plenty of those shots mm-hmm. in Beast of Whitehall. I didn't really want to get the same stuff. Um, and then from there, we went down to the town where we got dinner at John Joe's pizza, John's pizza, Joe's pizza, I think, which has the corn nuggets, which are just amazing. I get them every time I go to Whitehall. (laughs) Um, And then we, we all met and we met back up with Alex and Luca. Alex and Luca had actually gone out and done B roll out at, a bear road and some other places they'd been exploring the area while I was asleep back in the hotel. So we all met back in Whitehall, and then we drove out to a Stewart's and met up with Steve calls and his guys again. So from there we went to what would probably become my favorite part of the trip. I think at least close to it's going to be that or like the helicopter, mm-hmm. but that pulled So we met back at the, um, we we met them and then they followed me back to Carver's falls, which was yeah. like one of the, one of the only moments where I felt kind of cool. I was like, I knew how to get to Carvers Falls. Um and so I led us back to Carvers Falls and back there. Had you been there
2: before? Every time.
1: Okay. Yes. it's in it's in Beast of Whitehall.
2: Oh, those we, are the falls Yeah, it's yeah. on a okay. slider.
1: It's actually I saw Andy out there. Andy or Alex were out on the on a pipe. Yeah. I had taken a slider out there and sat a slider on there and was running. So in the movie there's a really like subtle shift that's That's, sitting on that pipe. Nice. That same pipe. So like and I climbed up that tower. That that there's a shot of me from the bottom looking up that Alan McGargle actually shot at me like standing up in the tower. Mm -hmm. So the very first trip we went there. And then I went there when I filmed the second time. And then I took Adrian, Brandon and Larry there when we were there for the premiere in my parents. And then we went again. So Mm -hmm. that was my fourth time there. But every single time we went, I said, I want to go down to the river and we can never really figure out how to get back there and quickly. And this time I didn't care if it was quick. Right. We had the crew there and like, we're, I was like, this would be a cool thing to do. It's yeah. dark. We've all got lamp- headlamps mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, we headed off down this trail it was probably like, I mean, it wasn't super far, maybe half mile downhill, all downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and you come down into this uh, gorge, I'd, I'd call it. Mm-hmm. And the Pulteney river's down there. And that's like, you can follow the river and eventually we uh, I think Steve or someone pulled out their phone and was kind of like GPSing where we were mm-hmm. and we were down. The, I mean, basically we were in line with a road, like where we were and where the field is. We're like, we were there. Right. Um, just
2: over, the just trees. over the, over
1: the tree line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We w- would have been a bear road. And so that trip for me was really, that hike for me was really memorable. Cause I've always wanted to go down there and just to be there and have mm-hmm. everything kind of cemented in my head f- where you know what's what where's where's this in conjunction with this
2: so um what did you think of going down there anything oh it's cool i mean there's a from the falls and that makes this big bend in the river and oh yeah you know it was a perfect place also to do knocks and Mm -hmm. calls we did a few Mm -hmm. of those and the sound just carried down the like the river valley yeah It, it was a uh and we were the only ones there. I mean, there was nobody else. There's a around. lot
1: of that on this trip where mm-hmm. we were the only ones there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a really cool moment. And then from there, we went up to a So right. and that's what we were talking about yeah. was. So a obviously, I've, every time we go to Whitehall, I have to be at a And I've spent more time at a road than anywhere else in Whitehall. I've maybe spent more time at a bear road th- that location than I have any single location on any STM shoot other than maybe the Mothman Museum is mm-hmm. the only other thing that kind yeah. of springs to mind. Yeah. I spent t- tons of time at A. Road. Like the first week when we filmed Beast of Whitehall, we were going there just to hang out. Mm-hmm. Like we already had all the footage. We just sit out there at night. Yeah, And so like, it's a very special place and there is something about that place. We were talking about this with and Andy said this last night too. It's like, there's a vibe there's as goofy as the sounds, there's a vibe to that place. And you can pick up on it as soon as you're there. And I don't know what it is. If it's just that we're keenly aware of the history, mm-hmm. you know, it could be that, but I'm keenly aware of the history of places like Point Pleasant and Boggy Creek. And I don't have that. Mm-hmm. So there's something about a where you're always thinking so, anything could walk yeah. out of that woods right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, that was, that was a really cool moment. We were all out there, you know, at night I was happy to find. Maybe it was just because it was dark and I couldn't see. I was happy to find that to me it still very much looked the same, aside from the fact that the grass in the field was too too tall to see the back of the field. Mm -hmm. Um, But I couldn't even see the house that they just built because of that. So I was kind of happy that that the grass was high. Yeah. So I, you know, Paul kind of updates me every now and then on what's going on. He had told me that they were developing you know, just chunks of that road on the section we saw, I hadn't, didn't see a single new house, Mm-mm. some, you know, a place I didn't recognize. So to me, all that looked the same. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that was a, that was a highlight too. And mm-hmm. from there we went back to camp back to camp and did another night ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that night ups was different from the night before one group stayed in the camp and did, um, uh, uh call blasts while the while four of us were out in the woods about 75 yards we weren't too far Mm -hmm. um 7500 yards from camp and um like flurring the you know thermaling the woods ahead of us um and then we broke down tents and everything and headed back to lake george um and took down and the next day is wednesday we wanted to get ready for wednesday because wednesday was what i called our quote-unquote fun adventure day (laughs) um
2: and it turned out to be so what is there anything before hadley there's really not i mean we're just shifting schedule stuff around basically
1: we went to hadley mountain originally we were you know trying to get a helicopter flight that day that got canceled um so we went to Hadley Mountain for a hike uh, and this is a you know uh, Alex had hit upon this hike it's a 1.8 mile hike um one way so it's it's basically a 4 mile close to 4 miles but according to Alex a very easy you know moderate easy to moderate, moderate yes. hike Um, that
2: was the word we kept hearing. Yeah. Moderate, moderate. very
1: moderate. No problem. (laughs) Hike up this mountain. And at the top is a fire tower and a uh, killer view. You know, it's like what we were told. Mm -hmm. And so we start up the mountain and we were climbing the mountain for what? Two hours. Yeah.
2: Hour and a half, two hours, at least an hour and a half. Yeah.
1: So 90 easy, 90 minutes. We were going almost straight uphill. Mm -hmm. I I guess Alex said it was a 33% grade. Um, heading up there. So, uh, the most, the insane part of it is with about, with what ended up being about 15, maybe 20 minutes left in the hike, you reach what you think is the end (laughs) because it levels out and you're on a ridgeline. You can look out the side and through the undergrowth, you can see you're kind of like up on a Ridge Mm and I'm like, great. Okay, good. And then, you keep going and going and then it starts going back uphill again and then it gets worse. It's like heartbreak Hill. Yeah, it really is. And then it just keeps going up and up and up and up. And, um, when you finally reach the top, it's a like crazy, like you reach this top and you come out and there's the fire tower and you walk out and you can see all the way to Lake George. You can see, you know, I mean, you can see a pretty good, more than a 180 degree view. Mm-hmm. Um, all around. One of the really spectacular things about it was that there was a storm rolling in across the valley yeah. and you could hear you could literally hear the storm, the, the rain yeah. moving across this other mountain right across from Mars. And it other than a brief downpour that lasted like 20 seconds, we never got the rain. But the entire yeah. time we were up there, you could hear it on right. the other mountain right we across
2: Pass by yeah. and watch it go in yeah. the distance. Yeah, that was phenomenal. And we were up there maybe what, an hour?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were on the top for about an hour. Um, shot a bunch of B roll, you know, like um, did drone footage and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we made our way back down. And that night we stayed in, what's that place called? I forget. Is that Oh uh, uh, Yeah,
2: yes. Okay.
1: Sakamanga? So- so- Sakamanga. Sakamanga. Lake Sakamanga, the Great Sakamanga Lake is, yes. is what they call it. So we were we stayed at that place in an Airbnb, which was a really strange Airbnb, kind of in a bootleg campground. Yeah, it was like
2: a camping community. I I'm not sure. It.
1: Yeah, no air conditioning, but that. Turned out to be fine. Yeah, totally was, cool, you know. It was a cool place. It mm-hmm. was. um Didn't do anything else that day, right? I mean, we shot Mike's interview that night out on the deck, right? And well, we, d- we, we did a trip to George Henry. We did the George Henry's trip. Yes,
2: that was kind of the evening was the, built the around that. Was yes. built around that.
1: I have to say that the George <laughs> Henry's trip was wonderful. Didn't have a single thing go wrong. <laughs> Definitely didn't have. Yeah, just a great night. <laughs> We're not going to slander my favorite New York restaurant on the show ever. Um, but yeah, it was a, that was a, by the time I went to bed that night, I was completely bushed. Like the, the hike up and down that mountain really was like incredibly intense. And mm-hmm. Mike and who was with yeah. us, um, he was part of Steve calls group and he had asked if it was cool if he just stayed with us after, after their group, you know, was on their way. And I said, heck yeah, like just, just come with us. So he hung with us. He was, and I know he's okay with this cause we talked about it a lot okay. last night. He was working on passing two kidney stones when he climbed Hadley mountain. <laughs> so this, this man's a, a Terminator apparently. Yes. And, uh, and did it like hike the whole way to the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. um, despite the pain. So really impressive feat. And sure then we determination. Yes. And then we interviewed him that night and that was really cool. Um, and then Thursday we, uh, woke up and said our goodbyes Yeah. and headed off to back over toward Whitehall to Fort Ann, which was about an hour away by that point. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: to do the helicopter flight finally, which had yes. been delayed every day since Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and seemed like it was in danger. Yeah. Not happening because of the If we cover. did
1: not. Yeah. It, okay. So yeah, if the, the forecast kept changing day to day. Every day. Yeah. And it, Honestly, in retrospect, that first day, Tuesday, we, I think we could have gone. I really do. Oh, like we, right? Like I think Tuesday we could have gone, but we we held off because of the weather forecast. We held off again on Wednesday, and then Thursday, we wake up, and this is supposed to be, according to our pilot, the only day we're <laughs> going to be able to go, like yeah. the day that's beautiful. Yes. And we get in the car, and on the drive over, didn't we drive through rain? We drove through rain. So yes. we're driving through rain, and there's fog everywhere. I'm like, this is not what the forecast was calling for and we get in there and it's still looking kind of shady, you know, like I wasn't sure we were going to get to go. And he even said something when he mm-hmm. first came out, he even said something about waiting, you know, and finally yeah. it did. Like the clouds rolled off yeah. and, and next thing you know, we went airborne. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I already talked about the helicopter flight in the last episode, so I don't want to go too much into it, but I will say the, you know, the, it was, it was, I think probably the most awe inspiring thing I've ever done. Like, I don't think I've, I've done anything even comparable mm-hmm. just because of the, the angle of view you've got on everything. Yeah. Um, you just can't get over how big and expansive the entire landscape is. And going through those high peaks is something I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that whole trip was really that the helicopter trip was great. Um, we were back a little quicker than we had expected 70 minutes, which is yeah. great for me and saved me some money. Um,
2: and See, while you were up, yeah, I was going to ask what you guys were. We got, I got to make my little pilgrimage to the Skeen, the Skeen Valley, which we drove Club. by the night before. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So I was really happy about that. I Tuesday. Got pictures with the Bigfoot that's by the tee, and, uh, got a Skeen Valley hat. And so that was really, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, sadly, Cliff Sparks isn't around anymore to be able to talk to, but his wife is still the owner <laughs> of the place, and uh, I just, to me, that's like a microcosm of small town monsters in the sense that they've completely adopted the Bigfoot as their their mu- their mascot. Did their they logo. have
1: anything Beast of Whitehall in there?
2: Beast of Whitehall. I don't recall seeing okay. anything, but like, it's fine. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) their own hats, shirts, every wall has got some type of Bigfoot thing on. And I think they have an annual country club, uh, outing that's Bigfoot themed. So they've gone all the way with utilizing it as a, as their mascot.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't get to go there. We made it, we ended up accidentally driving by it on Tuesday night unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. Um, so we did get to drive by it, but, um, after skiing Valley and the helicopter flight, we hopped in the car because we had to get to Bruce. What is, I keep blanking on Bruce's last name. Hallenbeck. Hallenbeck. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, we, we had to get to, to Kinderhook, New York, which is two hours from the helicopter flight, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so we had to get there and interview Bruce. We interviewed Bruce. Um, did a, gr- I mean, great interview, about an hour long, a little over an hour long, shot it. You know, it went really well and i went to shoot some b-roll i went to set up set up my camera to shoot some b-roll and i thought there's something off about the way i noticed that all the shots were cropped in and i couldn't figure out why mm-hmm. and i my body froze do you ever get that thing where like d- dreads sets yeah. over you and like you huh. you feel it come over your arms yeah. that happened
2: like goes through your veins and
1: you were standing right there yeah I said I, I knew what I did before I even mm-hmm. saw it. I I hit play to go back to the thumbnail and when I did it said 120 frames per second at the top of the screen and um, I think I turned white. I said to you, yeah, you we looked. have to shoot the entire interview over again. I shot it at 120 frames per second.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you looked absolutely stunned.
1: Yeah, I'd never have had that happen. Um, and what happened was on the final moments of the helicopter flight, I had put the camera in 120 frames per second just to get a couple slow-mo shots. Mm-hmm. And um, I just forgot to turn it back. So so we, we didn't immediately do that. We actually ended right. up taking Bruce over to his sister's house where we met his sister and his mom, yeah. and we shot... Um, I guess you could call it an interview
2: with them, yeah, loosely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I you had to should mention it. also the that, heat. That, that, yes, exactly. <laughs> Why at don't you part, mention the well, heat? well? In this, at, even during Bruce's first interview, yeah, it's very hot. The heat was starting to rise throughout the day, and we were back on you know the family property. It was somewhat shaded, and mm. even so, it was hot, hot and humid, very hot. So we go from that to um, hearing and talking to his sister and his mom, which that was exciting because I don't think we knew she was even Mm-mm. in the picture or no. willing to talk. Yeah. And we just found out while we were there. So we went across the street to their place and uh, we're going to do the interview inside, which I think everyone on the crew
1: uh-huh.
2: was working with the assumption that if we're going to go inside, that means it's going to be a oh, great climate control. Yeah, thank God. And that was, was not the a case false assumption. Yes.
1: <laughs> so we, we go in this house and I don't think I noticed immediately that it was an air conditioned Cause I was kind of like how, focusing on like, how am I setting this interview mm-hmm. up and all this, right? And we get set up. And the first inkling I had that this was going to go terribly was I felt sweat running down my legs. Yeah. And we also were wearing masks, right? So we're in masks. We're in the house. There's what six of us in there at that point. Mm -hmm. It's me, you, Andy, um, Bart, uh, her mom Susan, and her her yeah uh, yeah and Bruce and no no air conditioning and
2: and no moving
1: air no moving of any kind and (laughs) I have never been so disgusting in my life. I'm convinced like if I could have seen myself, I would have gagged. Like I, I I was sweating profusely. My shirt was soaked like drenched in sweat. It was like we had just ran a mile or something, you know, three miles.
2: And, um, I'm not, there was a moment where Andy was signaling to me to like run the handy cam. Yeah. And I, honest, I was trying to figure out what he was talking about. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And with no masks, you can't even like mouth to each other. And I'm like, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm holding this thing. (laughs) Uh, Uh, consciousness how long the are first. we in there maybe 20 minutes 20 minutes
1: easy 20 well, minutes yeah. um because and 10 the, of that the was tape was the tape. 10 minutes and um so they have taped a uh, taped recording of what they believe was the kinderhood creature audio tape and they were playing it for us and it was 10 minutes long and we're standing there sweat running down our our legs our arms i have not eaten at this point either i don't think you had mm-hmm. none of us had eaten by this point, yeah. And it's, we've keep in mind, we've already had a full day. Like, you know, we went on a helicopter ride. We, <laughs> we've driven two hours. We've conducted an interview, yeah. but now we have to turn around. I think the most frustrating, I would have been fine getting through that, but I kept thinking when this is over, we still have to go reshoot an entire hour interview. Yeah. Um, so we wrapped with them and went back to Bruce's house. This time we set up inside of his house. And I think what I said to Andy is sometimes, sometimes there are uh, a catastrophe is a happy accident. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason I said it is his interview, Bruce's interview that we shot inside just by total coincidence looked great. Um, we had lighting spilling in from a window, and then a hair light behind him. And it happened twice. There were two of those types of interviews on this trip. One was Alex at the hotel, yeah. and the other was Bruce in his kitchen. Um, so we shot his, and thankfully his house was air conditioned. Right. So, um, so we were able to cool off and shoot his interview, which went longer than an hour. Mm-hmm. This time, I think it was over an hour. And it's cool cause he had a track. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, brings he, out a,
1: a Kinderhook creature track, mm-hmm. um, which
2: wasn't part of the the first. Right. So yeah, it, so, it worked out. Yeah.
1: So we shot that and then we got in the car. We thanked him, got back in the car and continued our drive to Western Massachusetts, yeah. which was an hour, about an hour and 15, hour yeah. 20 minutes away. Um, and on the way, we thankfully were able to stop and eat dinner, which th- that in itself that was, was a its story. Thing, yeah. yeah. we ta- We kind of alluded to it in the last episode, but we stopped in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which looked like the set of the walking dead. There was no one anywhere. I'm not exaggerating. We're walking around. There's, there's big buildings. We're walking around this downtown area and we're the only people. And we found an open restaurant. We go in and we sit down and, there was one other couple sitting in this huge restaurant. No music, nothing.
2: That was yeah.
1: We sit there for fifteen minutes without anyone coming to take our order or anything, and then we got up and left because we didn't know what was happening. And also, mm-hmm. we had to get to to Savoy to shoot our our other stuff with the Massachusetts guys. Right. So we ended up eating at Angelina Subs. Great time, oh, great subs. Classic. Andy yeah. got berated by by the lady yeah. running
2: it, which was probably the highlight of my day um, he got berated and then grandmother yes i was gonna say same total, lady Hard, <laughs> hardcore grandmother um so i want you to eat yeah
1: <laughs> take care of yourself yeah. <laughs> uh so we had a great time there and then we got you know we got going and met up with the Massachusetts guys right outside of savoy um and then we we met up with them in a parking lot somewhere and then we followed them back up to the um, back up to where we ended up doing the night ops and, and the interviews. Um, and then we did that night, night hike with yeah. them, which was about three miles round trip in the dark, uh, completely in the dark, never got rained on, despite the fact, I mean, you'll see in the footage in the movie, like there's storm clouds coming right oh, yeah. at us.
2: Um, and yeah, we dodged a bullet on that. Cause that was a really, I'm glad we were able to get the full hike in. Yeah, I Get a tried sense of that area. I th-
1: I was having fun, kind of shifting my place in the line too, because mm-hmm. it was basically a pretty gr- big group out there hiking. And I I thought that the most fu- I really enjoyed being at the back with. I think his name's Jeff. Is that the guy yeah. that was bringing it? Jeff. Yeah. So I was back with Jeff at the very back, and I had a lot of fun just hanging back with him. Mm-hmm. And it was right around when I was shifting from hanging out with him back to the front. That there, that we spotted red lights in the distance, what looked like two red lights in the distance that they now think were were headlights, and when everyone started freaking out about seeing those lights and talking was when I heard in the midst of all that what I think was a very clear wood knock, not too far away, mm-hmm. um, and I was tape record. I had my recorder going yeah. too, so I'm, I got to go through that and see mm-hmm. if you can pick it up. Um, so yeah, that was. We were out there for about three three hours. Really got to see the forest. Very dark, claustrophobic areas. Having said that, it, it nowhere near the level of quiet. You the the weird thing about the Buck Mountain experience was you could feel the quiet. Yeah, like it was.
2: Yeah, it was a thing, a palpable
1: yeah, thing. very palpable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I mean, it was it was. Uh, the quiet in itself was unsettling mm-hmm. and it really did remind me of X, you know, and I'm not just trying to draw some, some correlation. No, well,
2: the, those guys commented on it as well. Mm-hmm. Numerous times that they hadn't, they didn't remember it being that quiet yeah. before. Very quiet. Um, but you're right. Savoy was different. I mean, it was wind mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and uh, just a night in the woods. Like yeah. you would imagine it to be. Yeah. That's where I got my great welcome I got out that. got out of the truck and John Wilk was really oh, happy. Oh to man, see John me. Wilk was ecstatic to see you. <laughs> um you know, I thought about that and what that goes back to is the first Ohio Bigfoot conference that we met him at. He had actually listened to Monsterland Ohio radio, mm. the podcast. So he had heard Andy like small Andy yeah. opine on Bigfoot topics and stuff. <laughs> so then he got to see Big Andy. Yeah. That was cool. That is cool.
1: Um, we had a, a lot of fun. I've always said those guys are some of the nicest guys mm-hmm. that I've met in this subject, uh, especially Dave. Uh, Dave. Dave, if I could adopt Dave, I would. Um, super, super great guys, and we had a really fun time just wandering around the woods with them. I'm excited for people to hear John's eyewitness
2: story. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's It hasn't phenomenal. been out
1: there too much either. So, um, We drove back to Troy, New York that night and slept in a Hilton... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh and then the next morning we woke up and we
2: drove um 2
1: hours north or now hour?
2: 2 hours, right? Yeah. I mean it was, it was at least an hour until we started heading in. west. Okay. Okay, so we got up into the
1: back up into the Adirondacks again and uh this time we were heading to the High Peaks and yeah. that is it for Friday. It was really we got up into the High Peaks and we went from location to location grabbing b-roll yeah um and it was supposed to be sort of a light day and it was not a light day by any stretch of the imagination i mean it was non-stop morning night. and in fact like the last thing we did was shoot an interview with alex at 10 o'clock at night i mean it was Mm -hmm. it was morning until night that we shot we never stopped um and we were kicking around the idea of heading home that night. Like it just, we were done filming. There was no air conditioning yeah. in our, in our room. Um, and it was a much warmer day. And it was an I week. would say our hotel room was 90 because mm-hmm. outside was 80 and you could coming out. It felt like you were walking into an ice. Box. Oh yeah. Um, so it was very warm in our room, but we ended up staying and I slept. So I'm glad we stayed. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think, I think we would have been probably a little exhausted driving home overnight like that. So, but, uh, the trip, I, man, I don't know. I think we'll be, I think this is one of those boggy Creek type experiences where different from boggy Creek for me, because I didn't have the rose colored glasses on Mm -hmm. that. Everyone else apparently in our group did (laughs) for the boggy shoot. But this one, I, I, I really loved almost every minute of the entire shoot. So, and we don't get those experiences uh, not often where 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 you really don't have anything major go horribly wrong you mm-hmm. know i mean you had some slight inconveniences but it was really a just a a great experience from start to finish for yeah. me
2: yeah for some reason it sticks in my mind when we left that saturday the 4th you know we went back through the Keene valley to get to the major north south road and this was at like 5:30 in the morning and all of the parking lots for the trailheads were packed yeah. out. And that I don't know, that hadn't occurred to me before, I guess, really to hike up a trail for the sunrise. You always think of the sunset, yeah. but that seems to be uh an Adirondack thing. And
1: keep you know. in mind like the crowds in there were probably a quarter of what right. they normally are. Oh
2: my gosh, yeah, that's true. Um
1: Yeah, I I I mean, it might be my favorite place on earth. Like I've said, se- it's I, I've said since Whitehall that it's one of my favorite yeah. places. But now that I've seen it, right? Like really seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a few favorites. I love Jerusalem and Israel. I love, I loved, uh, I love Sedona. Like I, there, there's these places that we've gone to that I really loved. Yeah. But man, it's hard. The Smokies, I adore. I love the ocean anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the, it it would be really hard to compete with the Adirondacks in fact, like just trying to think of a place, it's like, I can't think of another place that I
2: have this attachment to. Mm-hmm. So. I think that feeling is really going to come through mm. the final product. Yeah. Just have a feeling. Anything else? No, I was, I'd never been to the Adirondacks before. Uh, it was incredible. I, I, that's a place I would go back to in a heartbeat Yeah, and, um, The other thing that that, you know what i typically do is like go somewhere and then try to when i come home try to learn as much about the area and the history as i can and what i'm just starting to find out now is sort of the various movements through the adirondacks of like hunting and camping lodges Mm -hmm. and ski resorts and some of those hollywood yeah have you you looked at yeah yeah that's really interesting and some of those have come and gone already and there's just uh, uh they called them the Great. There, there's a there's a doc actually on.
1: I think it's a PBS called like the Great Lodges. Oh, and yeah. It, and it takes you through through all the you know because the Catskills had that same Renaissance at one point mm-hmm. where where it was like you know these lodges, these huge lodges were everywhere and resorts and all that kind of stuff. The Catskills have kind of bottomed out. Like mm-hmm. the, they're on they're on a pretty steep decline. But yeah. I, I I feel like the Adirondacks can hang in there. It blows my mind that places like the Catskills or the Adirondacks could go through a downtime, because mm-hmm. it's really uh, on the East Coast. I can't think of another place that could compete with the Adirondacks, right? You know, and I've been to the White Mountains. I've been to I, I, I've been through the Catskills. I've been through those places. They don't compete. They, they're not even on the same level, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as, yeah. as what you can find in the Adirondacks.
2: Yeah, I have to think that once the restrictions are off those places are going to be flooded with mm-hmm. people because already that's one of the few options people have to yeah. go out and do something. And go we saw that. a hint of that while mm-hmm. we were out, but I, I just hope for the, the preservation of those areas that they continue to be supported for, for sure. If you like the show,
1: you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can send this mail to monsteropolismail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Journey comes out next March. It'll premiere at the Canton Palace Theater on March 13th. All going to plan and the world returning to some semblance of normalcy. If you want to be a Kickstarter backer, yes, we will be launching a Kickstarter probably in February again. So you can get your name in the credits and all that stuff. Um, That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Monsteropolis is proudly presented on Wadsworth Community Radio 97.1 FM or streaming live at wadsworthcommunityradio.com. It is proudly underwritten by Thurber's Jewelers on the Square in downtown Wadsworth.